Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As an entrepreneur, mother, wife, and former CEO, I share lessons and stories of both personal and professional successes and failures. Join me along with a diverse list of guests as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your career and your life. Together, we will embrace, empower, and educate each other. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. And welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. I am here today, and you I know if you are a regular listener, you probably get you probably already know what I'm gonna say. And I tell you that I am here with a fabulous guest yet again. I think last week it was just me. I can't remember what I did the last podcast, but you know, I love to have guests and have good organic conversation about what we have in common, what our businesses do, and more importantly, how we can help you, the listener, walk away with something that is tangible or action-oriented. But if you are a brand new listener, thank you for being here. I am Teresa Rand, as you heard in the introduction, and you can go to my website at TeresaRandConsulting.com. It is Teresa without the H, T-E-R-E-S-A, Rand, R-A-N-D, Consulting.com and find out all you want to know about me, what I do, my consulting, the podcast, blogs, all those fun things that um, us entrepreneurs do and put out into the universe. But I do not like to spend a lot of time on commercials. I like to save uh, your time or honor your time, I should say, by jumping right into the topic. And our topic today is coming from a lady named Randy Roberts. She is CEO of Randy Roberts Coaching. And we were chatting a little before, and uh, I I was looking at her little bio and one sheet that she sends. And again, if you've listened before, you know I don't always read bios. We get get to that in the conversation. But one of her topics that she talks about is changing your perspective before changing your career. So we're going to dig into that a little bit today. So Randy, welcome. So good to have you here. Thank you, Teresa. I'm so glad to be with you today. The conversations we've had have always been so stimulating. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, I am as well. And I, I have to say, I don't. Uh, I think my listeners on the last one, I told them my, my mother had been ill some, so I've been out of pocket traveling and staying with her a little bit. And you were gracious to allow us some flexibility in me having to reschedule our other podcast. So I want to say thank you for that. Uh, One of the reasons we choose to be an entrepreneur, I think, at least one of the reasons I choose, is I get to schedule my time within reason, right? And uh, I find when I'm working with other entrepreneurs, they honor that. So I appreciate you being so flexible in us getting this done. Absolutely. It's no, I mean, my whole premise is, you know, my, my community, my own podcast is fulfilling career, happy life. And I have to stand in that, that people should have that kind of feeling and happiness in both sides. So it is no problem to honor the, the other commitments that you have in your life. Awesome. Thank you. And for my listeners, some of my listeners I know actually know my mother. She's been on the podcast. It's a great Mother's Day podcast two years ago because she has lots of uh, 
funny words of wisdom, and she is a true Southern belle with uh, lots of what my friends call Southern-isms. And so if you get a chance, go back and listen to that Mother's Day podcast. It's a lot of fun. But I want to jump in. And the reason, Rand, well, before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about Randy Roberts? Who are you? What do you do? What have you done? Uh, you know, all those things so we know who we're talking to. Sure, I'm happy to. My first career was in pharmaceutical, so I was about 30 years on the commercial side, started as a sales rep and worked my way up to running a billion-dollar business in the U.S. market. Um, and loved almost every day of that 30 years. Like I was one of those nuts that like jumped out of bed before the alarm and couldn't wait to get to work until one day I I just wasn't. I was like hitting the snooze button and really had to dig into what was going on, what had changed for me. And so what I realized was uh, I have always needed to do some good while I'm doing well, which has looked different over different phases of my career. But I, having gotten high enough up in a big organization, I just felt too far away from the good that we did. I was too far mm -hmm. away from the patient, which is what really motivated me. The pharmaceutical industry does so much good for people. Um, so it was time to make a change. And now what I do, you know, running my own business as an executive coach, I do leadership development and the good that I do is helping other people achieve their goals. Yeah. Um, and isn't that fun? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's again, jumping out of bed before the alarm and, you know, hopefully none of my clients are listening, but pinch myself and go, they pay me to do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. Right. <laughs> All those bumps and bruises along the way are now paying off. Right. Exactly. I always tell young women that, that I talk with that what I feel right now is that I'm at a place where I want to give back that I have made many, many mistakes along the way. But if I can share those mistakes with young women in their career or young moms, you know, trying to raise a family, work, all of the above, they're going to make their own mistakes. But if I can share mine, maybe they'll make different ones and yeah. learn from what we've learned. And I just get energized about doing that. It's similar to you. I was in an organization for 30 years, rose to the top and I, little by little, I wasn't excited anymore. And so when we talk about this perspective, you know, I knew I wanted to change or I knew I wanted to retire from that career, but I needed help in figuring out what the heck I wanted to do. And the first thing the coach I hired did made me do all this inner work. I'm like, why am I journaling? I just want you to help me build a business. So I you're laughing because I can see you. They can't see you, but I can see you and you're nodding your head. So tell me, is that familiar for completely women? Completely familiar. And the reason I was laughing is the listeners can't see you, but you had this sour look on your face when you were describing <laughs> that. It was great. It's it's a very familiar story to me, Teresa, um, both from my own experience, but also having coached people through it. And, you know, some of it is those of us who are fortunate enough to love what we do and be successful at it for so many years, we really identify with that. A lot of, for mm -hmm. myself, a lot of my self-identity was wrapped up in Absolutely. what I did. And I had a family and I have a daughter and, and I have a lot of 
interest in my life, but really my work was central for me. Mm-hmm. And so the thought of making a change is bigger than making a change. It's, wait a minute, who am I now? Yeah, And it's quite a journey to get to a point where you, for me, it was quite a journey to get to a point where I was like, I'll call it self-contained because, mm-hmm. you know, in my career, I was standing on stage in front of hundreds of people giving presentations and presenting to the board and, you know, business results and all that. My world is different now. And so you have to... um change your expectations maybe, or find your fulfillment in different ways and line those things up. And it always starts with the inner work. It always starts with who am I now and what's important to me at this stage in my life and how can that be fulfilled? So I agree with you. It's like the sour face. What do you mean the place I'm coming to you looking for? How do I map out my career? And you want to talk to me about a values assessment? Exactly. Exactly. Where it starts. Exactly. So one of the questions that comes to mind is, you know, when you decide, you know, you're hitting the snooze button and you know, maybe you're not as motivated as you used to be. I know I did a lot of fundraising because I work for a nonprofit and that used to excite the heck out of me. It was a challenge to, I hate to use the word, but to groom a donor, get to know a donor and then make that big ask that then turns into buildings and programs and things that help children and families. But all of a sudden, I wasn't motivated by that anymore. It, it made me tired. <laughs> so if you find yourself unmotivated or hitting the snooze button, I guess I have two questions. How do you find out why? And then does it always mean mean you have to change jobs? Do you have to quit? Are there other avenues? So I know that's a that's a loaded question, actually two questions, but you know, how do you know what the problem is? Is it me? Is it the company? Is it a new board? Is it a new boss? I, there's so many things. Yeah, absolutely. And and yes, there are two questions, but they're very, very related. And the most important thing is maybe the thing that you just said, which is, how do I know what the thing is? How do mm-hmm. I know what's not fitting right anymore? And it is so critical to be willing to dig into that and really figure it out because otherwise you don't know if you're fixing the right problem. You don't know what to look for in the next thing or what to avoid in the next thing if you haven't sort of teased apart and diagnosed what isn't fitting anymore. And so, and it's not always easy to figure it out. One thing, I have a couple of ideas and a tool I can offer for your listeners, but the one thing I will say is get out of your own head. Talk Mm -hmm. to somebody about it. And it may sound like I'm biased because I'm a coach, you're a coach, this is what we do. But the truth is, I don't advocate for that kind of discussion or coaching because I'm a coach. It's the other way around. I'm a coach because I know how important that is. And so we can't possibly have all of the ideas. We may be thinking in our own head, this is what, something's wrong, I've got to get out of here. But you need to voice it. You need to work through it. You need to get somebody else's perspective. And sometimes a mirror held up for you mm, in order to yeah. really figure out what it is. It really unlocks things. Yeah. And I, I think often 
we can't figure it out for ourselves, or we don't. I won't say I won't use the word we can't, because we can, but we don't figure it out for ourselves because we're in the muck and the mire. And exactly. we need someone else that I think you said has an outside view. And it they don't really have to be in your industry. They can be just another person that you know, obviously a qualified person, someone that's trustworthy and ask the right questions and is not just giving advice, you should do this, you should do that. But what are some, if if we've got a listener saying, I'm just not as excited about what I'm doing as I was a year ago, six months ago, two years ago, what are one or two questions they could ask themselves before, you know, let's say they're listening and, you know, they may reach out to hire a coach, but right now, what can they say to themselves? Well, one of the things that I would do that's that's fairly easy, it just requires a little bit of focused time. Like if you were on a walk, instead of turning on a podcast, just do some, some thinking and some exploration. And it might be to go back to the time that you were excited mm-hmm. and you really were turned on and you were in a situation where you were firing on all cylinders and think about what was the environment that allowed that to happen. And it might not it might not be the specifics. Like for you, you were working for a nonprofit, a cause that you really believed in. But what really might have been lighting you up is the knowing that you were giving back or being surrounded by the right team or that kind of thing. So when you think about that, going back to when you were lit up can really help give you some clues about what the gaps are. And, yeah. I, and I actually offer a tool, Teresa, I think might be helpful to your listeners. It's free. It's available on my website. It's a career satisfaction assessment. Oh, and awesome. it's, yeah, it's just, it's a tool you can take yourself through or there's a workshop. I take you through a workshop on my YouTube channel, but it really helps you identify um, what might be missing, what where the gaps might be and what might be really working well. And it helps you sort of diagnose what are the things you're looking for. Like we, one of the things is leadership. We know that one of the biggest reasons people want to leave their job and do leave their job is a bad boss. Absolutely. Right. So it's really important to think if that's the case for you, think about, is this just situational? If that person, like in a big organization, you don't often have the boss longer than about two years. So it might be that you're about to move or they're about to move. So if it's truly just the boss is the answer to change companies, Mm. maybe, or it may be, it may not be. Yeah. So what, you know, and we use the bad boss example or, or, you know, being unmotivated, whatever the reason is, what do you recommend people do as a plan? Because so often what happens, and I just talked to actually a friend of mine last week, not a, not a client, and she's unhappy in her job and she has been, and she reached the point of frustration and went in and resigned. Now, the boss is not unhappy with her, so they refused the resignation and all ended well for now. But that's not the point we want to get to, right? So how do we give ourselves this self-talk? Okay, maybe I do need to change, but what is the baby step? Because I have a family to feed. I have a house to pay for. I have a car to pay for. Whatever, fill in the blank. Not many of us can just go in and quit and not worry about the financial impact of that. So of how do you slow down 
and make a plan when yeah. you're so frustrated. Yeah. I think the important thing is to take a step back. This It's as easy as take a step back and take a deep breath. That, first of all, can just get you to slow down for a minute and reconnect with your body and get out of your head. So seriously, take a yeah. deep breath. And I think to try and prevent yourself from making any decision impulsively or emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like you want to, you may need to make a change and you may need to get out of that situation, but you want to do it on your terms and you want to be in control of that. So in this situation, like your friend, and I just worked, I talked to a client yesterday who was in a similar situation of had, res, had gotten to that point, had resigned and they, you know, fix some things and talked her into staying. Those things can happen, but only if you are in a calm, sort of rational place, which is hard to do when you're really frustrated. And so this comes back to a point that you and I have discussed before around changing your perspective before you change your job. Mm-hmm. And by that, what I mean, like, maybe you can relate to this, Teresa. If you are, if you've decided that this place is just not right for me anymore, I got to go. You start to see all the reasons why you got to go. It starts to look worse to you. You, you, you know, people get on your last nerve instead of being slightly irritating. Like you're looking to build the case to support this conclusion that you've come to. And so it's important to break that and recognize that you may be looking through a filter of that. The good news is, likewise, you can look for reasons why things are good and find them. So that's that's something we can influence. But it's just important to recognize that that may be your perspective of, I've got to go. And even if that is the right answer, and even if that is the conclusion, being so focused on that can prevent you from making a more balanced, more rational, more uh, controlled decision. Because it is real. Like, we have obligations. Most of us are not working for the fun of it. If we're lucky, we're getting the fun of, of out of it. But we're in a business. So, you know, that's real. And you don't want to make those decisions impulsively. Yeah. And, you know, that is such great advice that you even subconsciously, somebody listening may say, well, I don't really do that. It really is that bad. And that person really is an idiot, <laughs> whatever, fill in the blank, you know, and the coffee at work really is bad or the commute. But I think we do that subconsciously and to call ourselves out on that and recognize it. Uh, I know in my career, I I got frustrated and decided to resign one time and The best advice I ever got was from two other women. One was my mother and the other was a a dear friend. And we went to lunch and she said, what are you doing? You're, you're not going to resign. You've had 30 years, 28 years, whatever. You're not going to resign. Sit back and make a plan and go out the way you want to go out. And I'll never forget it. And it, I took that to heart. And it took me two years after that to decide, okay, I do have 30 years here and I'm not just going to leave because I'm frustrated with something. And I was able to leave on my own terms. I was able to work with them for another year under a contract. I teased them, the board and some, they were my first client. So it worked out really well because somebody outside 
did not, what Sarah is her name, what she did not do was say, oh, you're right and you just need to leave that place. And that's what I call uh, being one of my personal board of directors, somebody that says, no, you're not right. And here's why I think you're not right. And have you thought about this? As opposed to just agreeing with everything I say and letting me play the victim and, you know, poor pitiful me, I've been mistreated. Uh, so again, I think whether it's a coach, and then I did hire a coach for a year and, and got a business plan and did all that. But there are also, you can go to a lot of local colleges, have small business development centers. There's other ways to get the resources. Obviously, you and I recommend coaches because we do that. But there are other resources if you can't afford a coach or, you know, just you can find people in your circle that will give you good advice. But I think the key that I hear you saying, and I wholeheartedly agree, is don't make those tough decisions in isolation, right? Exactly. I mean, the the whole point is you want to be in control. And so the way to do that is, you know, if you think about it, the way we make business decisions, you're not making a big business decision without talking to anybody about it or getting alignment or having people challenge you on it. And your career deserves the same thing. And I relate so much to what you said. And this friend of yours gave you such a gift to to have you slow down and, and think about whether the decision you were making honored the career you had built. Because the last thing you want to do is go out in a way that you don't feel as proud of as you did your whole career. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to rename that the uh, Tom Brady approach. Go out while you're on top. (laughs) Yeah, that seems especially relevant right now. Go out while you're on top, not when everybody wants you out and you want out too. It's better. But it really is a time to look and not to sound woo-woo, although I know we're both yoga instructors and meditate and all those things that I firmly believe in, but it really is a time to look inside yourself. If you've been happy at a job, even for two years, three years, four years, or 20 years, and then all of a sudden you're not, even though something in your environment might have changed, you need to make sure it's not just you that changed, right? Exactly. And that, oh, what you're saying is so important. And that doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong, but my goodness, we change over the years. You know, you may work towards a big career goal for 20 years, and then you may get close to it. It may not fit anymore. It may, I have worked with people who have achieved that big goal and then they look around and they go, wait a minute, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And when we look into it, they have changed. You're no longer the person that has young kids at home. Like for me, when I left corporate, my daughter was in college. I was an empty nester and loving it. And, you know, the things that were important to me and my priorities were a little different than they had been when I set those goals. So it's really important to do that inner work. And I laughed when you said it feels a little woo-woo. And, you know, maybe it's because I grew up in California. I got a a strong streak (laughs) of woo-woo. But... 
It's almost like you need even the top, top corporate executives need to give themselves permission to tap into what's really meaningful for them. Because then when you do step out, when you're ready to retire, whatever that looks like, it's not shaking your self-identity to the extent that it would if that was your only focus. Yeah. You know, I just sat at a luncheon today, right before our call this afternoon with a person here that very prominent professional in our, our community and retired probably four years ago, maybe. And his daughter took over his practice. And I asked him today, are you enjoying retirement? He said, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And he went on to say, you know, when I was doing what I was doing, I was always helping people. And so we had a long conversation and I mean, he's, he's got a good life. He does other things. He's still active in the community. So it's not poor pitiful person, but at the same time, he was like, I I really miss, but what he missed was helping people. That was his words. What I did was important and it helped people. So whether you're changing careers, you know, I think when we talked about briefly, values, what motivates you, what are your values? Because if you're not at a point of retirement, but you're at a point of maybe you want to change careers, what I say to people is don't jump from the frying pan into the fire. If you're going to only going to only stay in your industry, you may find yourself in the same situation. Truly. You got to figure out what you want, right? Absolutely. And if you don't know what's missing, you can't, you just don't know what to fix. And, and the reality is like, wherever you go, you're taking yourself with you. So if you're not understanding what it is you need and what can be different, you might as well stay where you are. Cause for the most part, it can be, it can take you, uh, you could take a leap forward, say financially by changing jobs, but you might be leaving stock options and things like that. And so it can be costly to make changes at different right. times in your career. Only do it for the right reasons. Yeah, right. And that starts with knowing what you want or knowing what you don't want. My mother always said half the battle is knowing what you do not want. And that I'm going to listen decision. to the episode with you and your mother because I, I need to get to know her. <laughs> She's fascinating. She worked all her life. Uh, back when, you know, we were growing up or I was growing up, a lot of the women did not work. They were all home in the neighborhood, but my mom has always worked. She had a great career, two careers. She retired and hated it and went back to work and had another 20 year career. So she had one of 30 years. She didn't retire finally till she was 79. Um, so she's still who I go to for career advice because she's, she's been there, done that. Talk about somebody that can give you a perspective of how things have changed. Talk to somebody in their 70s and 80s, uh, a female specifically, um, on how things change. So that episode is funny. She gives some great advice there. But if I had to sum up our conversation for a listener, we talked about a lot, but we kept going back to doing the work on yourself. Is that how you would sum it up? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a take a pause Take a step back and look inside before you look outside. Mm, And that sounds like a bumper sticker. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah, right. But it's true because 
by knowing that, you'll know what you need, you'll know what situation would be best for you, and you'll do it on your time and your terms. And, you know, one of the other things that can happen from this is sometimes it's a risk to signal that you might be thinking of leaving, and so I don't mean to discount that. But in the best of all situations, you might go to your boss and say, look, I'm not as satisfied as I was. I have some ideas of some things that I think could be a better situation for me. I'd really rather try and make that work before I think about anything outside. Can we work together on this? And the enlightened boss, the people worth working for will be all over that because it makes so much more sense for them to retain good talent than to lose them and have to re-recruit and all of those things. So sometimes it's worth that risk. That's great advice too. And it's worth talking through that with someone before you go in that office and have that conversation because it is yeah. a risk. I've seen it work really well. And, uh, what and, you're... and if somebody you want to work for will take that. Exactly. On the other hand, it may be a sign you're having the right thoughts, right? Yeah, absolutely. It can be a sort of a litmus test of where that goes. And, you know, something that you just said, um, just as a side comment, I think is worth um, hitting on again, which is talk it through. I, in fact, just... This morning, I was with a client who is getting ready to make a big career change, and she has to announce it to her firm. She's a um, partner in a consulting firm. And so we were working on who are the people she wants to tell personally and what are her talking points before the big announcement was made. So she got really clear on that and she actually practiced it. Now, this is a woman who's like, she can do it all. She doesn't need help. And what do I want to say? But by practicing it, she felt really prepared for a situation where she was concerned she might get emotional Mm. and do things in a way like there were certain things she wanted to communicate, but there was also, it was also important for her to do this in a way she felt would be good for the recipient of the message. And so it helped her to be prepared that way. So yeah, it was like, what are my talking points? What do I want to say? And then she actually practiced it. It makes a difference. So important. So important. So Randy, lots of advice. I, I mean, I just, again, I looked at your document and there's so many good conversations here. You know, I love when your career starts to itch, you got to scratch. <laughs> um, next steps to take after making your biggest career goal. You just are a plethora of knowledge. And obviously you, you have a great education behind you. I love what you said, a hippie. You're a hippie with an Ivy League rec- uh, education. So Wharton School of Business, MBA, all of those things. So I am honored to have you on the podcast. But tell us, where all can we find Randy Roberts? Thank you, Teresa. It's been a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate you asking. So the best way to find me is on my website, which is randyrobertscoaching.com. So it's R-A-N-D-I, robertscoaching.com. And on there, you can find information. You can find links to my own podcast. You can find uh, contacts directly to me if that's what you want in my blogs and things. But the thing that I mentioned before is also available there, which is that career satisfaction assessment. You just take yourself through it. It's available for free. If I think it's a good place to start thinking about this. And so if it's helpful to any listeners, it's there for you. Yes, definitely. 
and I'll put all that in the show notes as well. Thank so, you. Uh, and and one other thing I should say mm-hmm. is your listeners should look for you on my podcast because I plan to have you on so we oh, can good. continue the conversation. And that's Fulfilling yeah. Career, Happy Life. That was my next question. What is the name of your podcast? Yeah. Because okay. I knew I'd listened to it before I met you, but I, but I was drawing a blank on the name right here on the spot. <laughs> but I look forward to that. And again, thank you very much for your flexibility. I knew we would have a great conversation. We did the first time we met, and I look forward to doing more with you. And if you are listening today for the first time, this is just a great example of the amazing guests that I get to have on the podcast, and I appreciate you very much. If you are a returning listener, we're going into our third year of this podcast, so somebody's listening over and over. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And as every podcaster does, we want you to rate us and review us and do all those fun things. So what is it, Randy? We show up on Google. We show up on, you know, all those algorithms, all that stuff out there that is difficult to keep up with. It changes all the time. But we appreciate all of that. So I will end this podcast, which is always amazing how appropriate it is, with my grandfather saying, like I always do, he always told us when we were growing up to take time to stop and smell the roses. So until we meet again, take care.